Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, we're Chris and Christina with Real Life Mentoring. Welcome back. Guys, we're really enjoying the this journey with the podcast. It's about, I don't know, a few weeks into it yeah. and we're getting some good uh, responses and it's fun for us and we, we want it to be helpful for, for you, the listener. And one thing that we thought would be really, really helpful is for you to know more about us personally. Who are we? Who are we as people? What's some of our story? And so that's um, why we've been doing these. You might relate to us if So this is, should be uh, number three yeah. on this. On this uh, you might relate to me if. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to jump in. Chris, you want to start this time? Sure. So you might relate to me if you've ever felt like a slow learner or a late bloomer. All righty. Tell us more. <laughs> well, <clears throat> what do you think about that? Mm. Hmm. I th- look at my life and go, man, why did I not know this before? Mm. Why did I not do this before? Why did I not go there before? I don't think life works that way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Backing up to early, uh, my early childhood, there was no one really giving me direction. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I missed out on some things, but then I go, but God's, God's in control of my life at the same time. Sure. M- much more than uh, things I try to figure out. But um, anyway, I just felt like at times, maybe a late bloomer, maybe I should have gotten started on things earlier. Here's some examples. Okay. And of course we do this out of ignorance. Sure. Uh, like I, you don't know how yeah. can you do something you don't, you don't know, know what about? you don't know yeah. right so that's where I go man as a mentor I want to talk to to men that I mentor and I want to train other mentors to get into discussions of all types yeah over all kinds of topics because you have the potential to open up a conversation with someone they've never thought about having yeah so tell us your list you might relate to me if you felt like you're a late bloomer in something like um, I chose to play it safe starting my career Okay. I took jobs that I knew I could do. Okay. Without mm-hmm. much effort. Yeah. And I look back. Why did I, why did I do that? Fear of failure. Sure. Uh, Does that mean you're a late bloomer? Not necessarily, but it it ties into me because or ties in together because uh-huh. I go well. I could have been further along in my career had I taken some risk. Oh, gotcha. Out of my comfort zone, sure. it would have put me. Could have jump started. Yeah, jump started some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What was so, your career early on? Well, this is, this sounds, sounds ridiculous. Now, you might relate to me if <laughs> you felt obligated to take a job because it was offered to you. Okay, but what the question was, what was your job? My job was, I uh, right out of college, my first job out of college, uh, have a communications degree. A radio station hired me uh-huh. to to do uh, radio sales and to do some 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 commercials. You know why they did that? Why? <clears throat> they heard about your door-to-door salesmanship as a third and fourth grade Selling, boy. Uh, yeah, flour and vegetable <laughs> seeds and greeting they cards. They said, dude, they he started young. He can do it. Yeah. I really didn't want to be a radio salesperson. But you took it because you knew you needed money, right? Well, that and I, it was a professional, quote, position. Uh, so I, I, I go on an interview with the manager of the radio station. And he says, Chris, I... I like what I see and what I hear on the resume so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Again, I had no no experience even interviewing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So he said, I need you to take this assessment, mm-hmm. and then we'll have it sent off. And he told me, now, this assessment cost us money. 
No pressure. No, no pressure there. Yeah. So they sent it off, and I guess it showed that I qualified to be a, a radio salesperson. Okay. He went ahead, went ahead, and had business cards print, printed up for me. He pressured you. As this sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm not embarrassed to say it. This is how <laughs> life works. I took the job. I felt obligated because they had paid for the assessment. Yeah. And they had already had business cards printed up. Yeah. You know how cheap business cards are? Pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. <laughs> Trash them. Yeah. Or if you're not going to take the job. I took this, the job. Can I, I just say you were working for a great high-pressure salesman? I guess. And I, I kept the job for three months. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was a late bloomer, but I thought, well, I could do this, and I, I hated it, though. Sure. Again, I, I t- then I took another job. Yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. This will fit good enough. Mm-hmm. But I also did this uh, in relationships sometimes. Okay. I never really dated seriously mm-hmm. until, until, of course, I met you. Ah! But <laughs> that, and I'm thankful that, for that. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. But I remember thinking, well... This person's good enough for me. Mm, yeah. You might relate to me if, well, I don't like that she does this or says that or believes that, but I guess she's she's good enough. Yeah. That was just insecurity. So you might relate to me mm. if you felt like you were um, just, what's what, what am I trying to say? Like you settled. I settled. That's mm-hmm. it. If you've settled. Yeah. And so I was too afraid to get out of my comfort zone. Boy, there oh boy, no, I relate. There was no other man who would say, Chris, you've got some potential here. Mm-hmm. Why are you settling in this job? You need to leave that job. Now, you need to pay the bills, mm-hmm. but start looking for another job. Yeah. Um, this relationship, this girl you've gone out with a few times, why are you dating her? Mm. It's not a fit. You need to hit, throw her to the curb. Yeah. So um, <laughs> a couple of things that came into my mind... Um, and that, I didn't mean that in a negative way. I just, anyway, go I ahead. actually ignored that, <laughs> that comment. No, um, what I realized over the years, I don't have to be, nor should I be like other people. Mm. That's what I want. Uh, uh, if I'm mentoring a young man, I uh-huh. want him to know early on, you don't have to be like everyone else, nor should you be. Sure. God's made you. This is almost overlooked because you hear it so often. You're unique. God has made us unique. Mm-hmm. And we need to, to accept that and realize I don't have to be like the crowd. Yeah. And here's a simple example. In my everyday life now, you're going into a building and there's two doors. Yeah. It's interesting to me. So many people will walk through this door uh-huh. and they're all having to wait. Because it says enter? Well, they, they're both are, are doors to enter. <laughs> okay. But I've done this before at, uh-huh. at airports, at grocery stores, you name it. And I go, there's another door here. And yeah. I go through that door and everyone else is going through the other door. Okay. So we can relate to you if in your early manhood, you just settled, you weren't afraid, you were too afraid to just. To try things to because try I things. might fail. Guess what? We're going to fail. Yeah. You might relate to me if you're mm-hmm. afraid to fail. That's good. But thank God, and I do thank God, that he has shown me my identity mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. I've received that. And so I'm I'm good to, to, braille, uh, braille, to blaze, <laughs> blaze a trail, trail. that yeah. no one else has done before. Good. I'm not going to do something just because everyone else does it or that's the norm. And that's not rebellion. Yeah. That's just like, why not? Mm-hmm. Let's try it. Good. Good. Thanks for what, sharing that. Okay. What about you? People might relate to you if... If you felt super responsible before you should have. So what do I mean by that? 
I was the firstborn. Does that mean that all firstborn are super responsible? Kind of. But in my case, for sure, I'm almost five years older than my youngest sister. But I remember being put in charge a lot. Um, and then I think, well, I probably did that to our oldest as well. But um, Our oldest daughter. Our oldest daughter, yeah. yeah. But I was put in charge like as my earliest recollection is as a fifth grader, my both my parents worked. And um, I was in charge during the day of a sister who was almost five years younger. And so I was quite capable and good at it. But that's a responsibility that I don't know that I should have had (laughs) as a fifth grader. Um, Then at 17, this is really, I think, kind of at the root core of where a lot of my hyper responsibility kicked in. But we were living in Turkey at the time, and I was 17 years old in my senior year of high school. And my mom had a stroke. She was only 38 years old. And so from September to December, um, that is all kind of a blur. But my dad, of course, had to be with my mom. We did not have any close relatives that could fly to Turkey who could, you know, like keep the home fires burning while my dad is helping my mother recover. So we basically had some people that we met who was a a chaplain on base that took my sister and I under the wing. But I remember nobody sat me down and told told me this, but the thought in my head was like, okay, I've got to kick in since mom can't function as the other adult in this family, I will. I have to. And so, um, yeah. And I felt like then all the things to run or from that point on, like I had to jump in to be super responsible because my parents had too much on their plate. Like they didn't need to, to bother me. So I have no idea how I like applied and got into college because we moved back to the States after that. And my parents were, you know, in the thick of all my mom's medical problems, but somehow I ended up at college and somehow I was able to get, you know, like a Pell Grant and all of that. But I was the one who did all that. And so again, it's not like my dad said, listen, sweet daughter, fend for yourself. That was not it at all. So some of it was just put upon me because it warranted that. But then with my personality already, I took on a lot of that and it I I am a recovering responsibility monger I'm trying to like not take responsibility over everything that comes in my path but it stems from that 17 year old yeah so that's you something might we, we have to, unlearn, to unlearn so you and I came into this into this marriage many years ago not even understanding that yeah but being hyper responsible yeah because of situations we were put in mm-hmm so, yeah, you might relate to us if you take on too much responsibility or it was just handed to you, you didn't really have a choice. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so Christina, yeah. so where does a mentor make a difference here, do you think? The fact that I did not have one um, illustrates that I needed one because I was making all these very adult decisions without being an adult. And so through the years... Mentors now, older women in my life, um, are able to go, you know, this responsibility isn't yours to carry. And um, mentors can help you see your own blind spots because I think I've operated in a high responsibility um, 
zone, taking responsibility for things that were absolutely not mine to take responsibility. And bless my three girls' hearts, I probably put that on them as well. And so now just learning how to go back and go, hmm, do I have the power for that responsibility? Has somebody given me authority for that? If not, it's not mine. And I think this is a whole other podcast, you know, but if you're wondering if you're a hyper responsible person, um, look it up. I think you'll be surprised. I think probably a lot of firstborns are. Um, but that's if you if you're hyper responsible, you can you can relate to me. Yeah. yeah. So again, we these this podcast and the two before this, uh, you may relate to us if we want you to get to know us better. Yeah. Um, some of us. Uh, some of you know us personally, but majority of you who listen to this don't. And so we want to help you understand we care about um, training people to be mentors. Mm-hmm. And we want people to, to know the impact that mentoring can have on their lives. Right. While at the same time, we will say that if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't think I am a mentor and I certainly don't have one. The purpose of this is to mentor the masses. We're mentoring you, if you're listening. We're mentoring you on some things as well. So anyway, that wraps it up for today. We're so, so, so glad you are a part of us, uh, part of listening today. And we hope that you will continue to listen to Real Life Mentoring.